0: Bye. Introducing your host of the Ten After Seven Podcast from Torrance, California, five foot seven inches, Michael Stevenson. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the 10 After 7 podcast and a fired up one at that. Last night, the debut of episodes 1 and 2 of the Last Dance docu-series on Michael Jordan and the 97 Bulls has me revved up. And that intro right there, how can you not run through a wall? I'm going to show you guys a little something. I got a Michael Jordan collage that I've had since I was 7 years old. And it's got to get hung up. It's got to be up there. This whole month... This month dedicated to Michael Jordan. Here's how I'll start. This docu-series, 10 hours long, was made for our generation. Our generation, by that I mean us born in the 90s. If you're in your 20s right now, we didn't get to witness the greatness of Michael Jordan. So they said "The hell with it. Let's make a 10-hour documentary. We've been sitting on this footage for 20-something years. Let's give it to the guys, the kids, who are trying to get to the GOAT table to have the discussion, who's the greatest to ever play the game of basketball. And here we have it. Over the next month, we're going to dissect this thing like it's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. I got my Dream Team hat on. One of my favorite hats. The year 1992. That was the year I was born. Michael Jordan and the Dream Team went over to Spain And kicked the living shit out of every country that stood in their way. And that was just the beginning. I mean, let's be honest. Michael was a star. But he hadn't hit his peak yet. What I've been told. Because our generation, that's what we're going off of. That's what we've been going off of. Stories that were passed down to us about how good Michael Jordan was. There was a point in time when the debate was happening, LeBron or Jordan, that I was convinced this past generation's we're going to take take it to their grave. It was Jordan, nobody else. Nobody holds a candle to MJ. So we sat there. We took it. We didn't really have an opinion on it. Besides the fact that we did watch Kobe Bryant at the beginning of his career step into the NBA. Still a little young. But LeBron? 2004? 2003? He was 18 when he came into the league. And we've got to witness every single step of the way. But now... 10 hours you put a 10-hour documentary on anyone you're gonna get a pretty good you're gonna get some good knowledge of who that guy really was anyone geez put a 10-hour documentary about me out there i think it'd be a good one i think it'd be pretty interesting i got a story to tell uh this like i said the whole month is dedicated to michael jordan number two three uh that's my next book book number four jordan rules one of the best written by sam smith he's in the documentary But we're taking it in. No doubt about it, this docuseries was made for us. Not the oldies. You guys lived it. You guys lived through it. You told us about it for the last, I don't know, how many years. I'm glad my dad passed down the knowledge that he had about Michael Jordan because it was on my wall. He seriously, I'm not even making it up or just saying it because it sounds cool. Michael Jordan is Babe Ruth of basketball. There are stories out there that were like, no way he did that. No way he stayed out till 2.30 in the morning in Atlantic City gambling before an Eastern Conference Finals game. No chance. No chance. No way he bet hundred grand on 18 holes of golf. No. We're going to watch it unfold, and we're going to dissect it. I want to start by saying this. It was hard yesterday not to watch this thing and think about if this team was brought to this day and age where social media is king. Where nothing goes unnoticed. A player takes a shit in the morning and Bleacher Report's probably putting that up on their website. Everyone craves every little thing an athlete does. So there were a few things in this, in this uh, docu-series already that I said no chance it would fly in today. Number one, I believe it was in episode one, when Michael Jordan, scratch that, it was in episode two, Michael Jordan breaks his ankle his second year into the league. Pretty bad break. They even talked about if he came back, there was a 90% chance he'd be all right. 10% chance his career would be over. Well, during Michael's rehab, it was a struggle. They said his parents visit him a lot, keep him company. And then at one point he said, you know what? I'm going to go back to Chapel Hill. I'm going to go back to school. Little did the team know, when Michael went back to Chapel Hill, the guy was running one-on-ones, three-on-threes, eventually five-on-five. Full court. No one there to see it. No Bulls officials knew about it. The guy was playing full-on basketball up at Chapel Hill when he should be with his team rehabbing. That's the number one thing that would not happen today. The amount of money these players make I'm sure, I'm sure the fine would be outrageous. Team, teams would go as far as cutting a player if he did this on their company time without their knowledge. They talked to GM Jerry Krause about it. He said his heart dropped. They had just found out when Jordan came back that, yeah, he felt okay to play because he's been rehabbing up at Chapel Hill when he told them he was going to go take classes. So that's number one, no chance. Twitter would eat him alive. The team, I don't know if they're... Well, it's Michael Jordan. They're obviously going to let it fly. They're not going to tell him what to do. Number two, so Jerry Krause, GM of these teams, he took the L in these first two episodes. And at one point, Scottie Pippen apparently was berating the guy on the buses to and from arenas, and it was bad. Hurtful things were said, And Phil Jackson had to butt in and say, Scotty, you got to stop, man. This is crazy. You can't keep doing this. I'm sure that would have got out. And I'm sure exactly what he said would have got out for Twitter to absolutely eat up. But here's the next one. Scotty was so done with the GM that he demanded a trade and said he'd never play another game in a Bulls uniform in 1997. Right in the middle of this team trying to three-peat, Scottie Pippen shows up to shoot around and tells the reporters, I'm done. I'm not going to wear the Bulls jersey again. I want out. I want to trade. Minutes later, all those reporters scurry over to Michael Jordan. Hey, Michael, what are your thoughts about Scotty demanding a trade this morning? Michael has to sit there and answer questions about Scottie Pippen. And if Scotty demanded a trade, that reporter would have tweeted that thing out seconds later it blows up everyone's having fake trades scotty pippen's gonna go to the lakers scotty pippen's gonna go to the bucks scotty pippen's going wherever my favorite team is because we need Scottie pippen it don't matter if he's hurt that'd be all over twitter but instead all this is happening in-house only these dudes know only them Only Jordan and the reporters know that Scottie Pippen five minutes earlier demanded a trade and said he'd never play a game in a Bulls uniform. Twitter would love the 1997 Bulls. I'm not sure this team would survive. Think about all this stuff that we've seen get out, tweeted out by reporters. Whether it happens in a clubhouse, after a game, someone being berated, punches being thrown. Wait till we get to the Steve Kerr episode. When Jordan punches him in practice. Imagine that. MJ throwing a punch at little Steve Kerr's face in a practice. Would the Chicago Bulls, that's the question, would the Chicago Bulls survive in 2020 with all the drama they had going on? added some drama. This is just episode one. We met the characters... I mentioned Jerry Krause's name. Listen, it's tough that he took the L on this one because he's not around to defend himself and his family's probably having to deal with it. But don't let it go overlooked that he was indeed the architect of possibly the greatest basketball team to ever play in the NBA. They showed how bad the Bulls were when Jordan got there. They talked about him knocking on the door of one of his teammates' rooms. And they were all doing cocaine. There were hookers involved. That's what the Bulls were. And then Jerry Krause walked in and knew about a guy named Scotty Pippen from Little Central Arkansas University. Drafted him. Drafted Horace Grant. Traded MJ's boy, Charles Oakley. Years later, traded for Steve Kerr. He is the architect of arguably the greatest team to ever step foot on an NBA court. So I hope that they I hope they soften the blow a little bit. Right now I know we're gonna choose sides, and it's easy to say, yeah, we're gonna be on the team side, of course. He's just the GM. We met the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf. He actually he's kind of the middleman in all this. Krauss wanted Phil Jackson fired. Reinsdorf told Phil or offered him a contract to come back for that final year. So uh, those are two characters. Phil Jackson, we didn't get really into Phil. Uh, He did mention that he agreed with Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen was the most interesting part of these first two episodes, I thought. I didn't know much about Scottie. Did not know he grew up with two paralyzed people in his family, his dad and brother. I knew he went to a small school. However, I did not know that Scottie Pippen was severely underpaid. And that's why this whole drama started between him and the GM. I mean, he was there for a long time, six time All Star, I believe. Uh, they said, second in points, first in assists, sixth highest paid player on the team, and 122nd highest paid player throughout the entire league. I did not know this about Scottie Pippen. Obviously, we know what happens, but what a cliffhanger to end episode two about Scotty demanding that trade. What's going to happen? And Shaquille O'Neal did the same thing. Scotty Pippen felt that he deserved money. He got hurt and played through it the year before, needed surgery, and said, the hell with it, you know? You get hurt on company. That was Shaq's line. You get hurt on company time... In a rehab on company time, that's what Scotty's doing, and Michael Jordan's not mincing any words himself. Yes, he did say that you cannot speak about Michael Jordan without saying Scotty Pippen, but they go to him during this '97 parts of this uh, this docu series, and Michael says Scotty was selfish, and it'll be interesting to see if any, and I doubt it, if any player speaks a bad word about MJ, because MJ's calling someone selfish. The guy left in the middle of their first to go play Major League Baseball. There are the stories of him staying out till 3, 4 a.m. gambling. He did the next day, probably drop 50 and lead the Bulls to a win. And still, that's the most magical thing. You see players today get interviewed, and if a question comes up about Michael Jordan, they're keeping their mouth shut. So I don't think anything's going to come out about Jordan. I don't think anyone's going to say a bad word about him. But that episode about Scottie Pippen, it was cool. And I, I believe he's, people put him up there, top 50 greatest player ever. Uh, both of them. Jordan says it's his greatest teammate. Who knows what they would have been without him. Scottie was probably, arguably, the greatest Robin ever. Name a better duo. That's another debate that you could get into. And it's a fun one. We didn't... Yeah, like I said, we didn't see much of Phil. Uh I think we're going to see a side of Phil that we pr- already know about. Phil's kind of been open. We know he's the Zen master. I don't know what episode they're going to dive into that. Uh Jordan. We got into his mentality a little bit. I didn't know Jordan had two brothers that brought the best out of him. They came to blows in the backyard while practicing. Uh... The Celtics series. So after Jordan got injured, rehabbed on his own, he begged to come back. And the Bulls put him on a minutes restriction. Seven minutes per half. And he hated it. Absolutely hated it. Thank God for Mark uh, Paxton's shot. John Paxton's shot, sorry. uh, That put the Bulls in the playoffs that second year. And then the Bulls went head-to-head with Larry Bird and the Celtics. Four or five Hall of Famers on that team. Jordan in game one drops 49 points. They had the golfing story with Danny Ainge afterward. Golfs in betweens game one and two. And Jordan says, hey, tell your boy, Danny, I got something for him tomorrow night. That something happened to be 63 points. And there's footage of Bill Walton getting furious that Danny Ainge can't stay in front of Jordan. And now he has to guard him. 63, that was Jordan's coming out party, apparently. 49 and then 63, and the Bulls lost that game. The Bulls were so bad, Jordan's early years, they lost that game when he dropped 63. And Larry Bird's famous quote, that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. You're not going to get much better praise than that. No way. Um, and that's kind of the start of the Bulls' relationship. When Jordan's rehab's happening, the minutes restriction, they start to butt heads there. That's when it soured a little bit. And then I love the timeline of this podcast. They actually show the timeline shooting back to 1985, 1997. The one thing about this first two, they teased us. They're blue blue balling us a little bit. It says that they followed the team in 1997 and they're just throwing us little treats. They're not giving us a full-blown... 30-minute practice of Michael Jordan berating teammates. They showed us a little bit. He was getting on Ron Harper, yelling at Harper for being softer in a double team. We need at least one full episode of a shoot-around or a practice where Michael Jordan is ripping into his teammates. That's what I'm hoping for. That's the only bone I have to pick with these first two hours of the docu-series. Give us a little more of the live-action. Jordan at practice. Or Scotty at practice. Just give us that. Give us a scrimmage. That's what I want to see. So the characters we got introduced to. Jerry Krause, GM. Took the L. We got into the mindset of Michael Jordan a little bit. Early career. Parents. High school. All the way through uh, first two years in the NBA. We got into Scotty. And that, that's where the drama starts with... And it's going to lead right into episode three, which I think Dennis Rodman is going to be the highlight of episodes three. And I cannot wait for that one. They're going to talk about the Pistons and Bulls series. And one cool nugget that I learned the Friday before the premiere is Dan Patrick had an interview with the director, Jason Hare, I believe. And Dan Patrick asked him straight up, who's not going to be happy at the end of this documentary? And he kind of beat around the bush, said he thought he portrayed everyone truly, truthfully, um, and honestly. And Dan Patrick said, so who is it? Who's not going to be happy? And he kind of just laughed it off and said, Isaiah Thomas. Because Michael Jordan, to this day, there's no love lost between him and Isaiah. So I cannot wait for next Sunday. I sat on that couch yesterday, put my phone about 20 feet away from me. Said I don't. I want no distractions during this thing. And if they wanted to put out all ten hours, I would have stayed on that couch. I had some snacks, even cracked a beer. I was feeling so good about this. They not even ten hours. They could have had twenty-four hours straight of this docu series, and I would not have moved my ass from that couch. Anyways, I want to thank you guys for listening to the Ten After Seven podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. You can follow me on Twitter at 10after7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. We're going to be back next week breaking it down once again. Woo! Go Dodgers!